Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Welcome to episode number 42 of History for Weirdos. Woohoo! What's going on, weirdos? We are so excited to be back for another episode. We took last weekend, Easter weekend, off. Mm-hmm. Um, and before Andrew gets into the riveting, riveting, I'm sure, <laughs> oh my episode that he has planned for us, we did want to thank three of our listeners in particular who really keep us motivated to keep creating these episodes because they have very generously provided patronage to this art. Ooh, using some ancient Roman uh, verbiage right there. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And so those three amazing supporters are, I'll just say their first names and their last initial are Eva C., Tiffany W., and Molly P. Yeah, thank you guys so much. That honestly means a ton to us. You have really no idea. And also to everyone else, um, if you want to help financially support the show, there is a link in the show notes um, or just in the description of the podcast itself, wherever you're listening. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And that's across all types of podcasting platforms, wherever you listen. Mm -hmm. You can check it out there if, if you feel called to do so. Um, you just listening means a lot to us, but of course the patronage helps us to, to keep going. Exactly. And creating some kooky content. Kooky content. <laughs> for you all. Yes. So back to the kooky content, my well, love. actually, I just want to oh. mend, yeah, one quick thing as well. Yes. Our 50th episode is coming up and we've gotten a lot of great questions so far, but we still, you know, we obviously have room for a lot more. So please just keep on firing away. Whether you want to email us, you can do that. Uh, leave a comment, leave a on, comment Instagram. on Instagram or just DM us on Instagram. Whatever Any questions you, guys want. you have, you can ask us anything. It could be history. It could be about us. It could be about podcasting. Like literally anything that pops up, just let us know and we will answer. Yeah. 50th episode coming up relatively soon. Relatively soon. Okay, so I guess now for the good part, right? Yes. Now we got some housekeeping out of the way. Okay, so today's story is interesting. It's going to be probably the most controversial one that what? we've done yet. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm not going to be talking about a person or event. Um, so this is possibly, I think, a history for weirdos first. It's not a person nor an event. I think yes. you're right. Mm-hmm. So to- Oh, no, we've done like the pagan Christmas tradition. Oh, we did. And, okay, um, never mind. The... Roman, um, where we get Valentine's Day from. Oh, yes. Celebration. Yes. Okay. So this isn't a first. Well, anyways. <laughs> well, that's kind of an event, but those whatever. Those are kind of events, though. Yeah. yeah those are so, like holidays. So this is very unique. This I, is kind of unique. Okay. Yeah. So today's story um, is to honor a holiday that people celebrated this past week. Holiday, I use the term very loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, today's story is about the plant known as cannabis, aka marijuana, Mary Jane, hemp, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we often associate this drug with, like, the 1960s and 70s. Yeah. But it's been around for far, far longer than that. Um, in fact, botanists, believe it or not, um, believe that this plant has been around 
and been used by humans since around 10,000 BC. Holy. Yes. And of course, the early, you know, history of this plant remains a little bit hazy to us. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I had to, guys. Some purple haze to us. (laughs) Yeah. I had to. I'm sorry. 10,000 BC. 10,000 BC, so like 12,000 years ago. And the plant has been around since like around like 40 million years ago, roughly. It makes sense because humans have used plants for everything, right? Like yeah. think of, we, we domesticate plants all the time, like for our own use for medicines, for energy, for intoxication. Right. We we do that all the time. Coffee. Yeah. Um, Arnica is like something that we use for pain. It's a plant. Oh, yeah. Arnica. Arnica. Thank I think you. would be in English. Thank you. <laughs> so that's, that makes sense, but it's weird to think about it being that old very old i mean in fact just to give you guys reference the sumerians are probably the first um group of cradle civilization right and the cannabis or use of cannabis was around 6500 years before the start of sumerian culture 6500 years before so that gives you a little bit of perspective right um this was the first you know where it was i think thought to originate in terms of use it's really hotly debated because oh. this isn't even like history anymore. This is more um, anthropology because oh. it's prehistory, right? We're crossing genres. We're crossing here. a little genres, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the general consensus, or I shouldn't even say general, but one of the major consensuses is that it's from in or around the Altai Mountains near present day Mon- the intersection of like Mongolia, China, Kazakhstan, and Russia. So that's one of the theories as to where weed or like naturally grew. Exactly. Okay. So like around there or a little bit farther south, kind of just generally like in that like those the stands. Yeah. Where all the stands, the present day stands countries are. Wow. I love calling them the stands. <laughs> <laughs> so but generally it's just like Central Asia. Okay. And what's interesting is that we know that it comes from around that area also because of uh, linguistics. Really? Yeah, that's what's kind of cool. Um, it's similar. The word is similar in a lot of different languages. So in Latin, it's cannabis, of course, where we get the English word. So that's ours. Obviously (laughs) the pronunciation might be slightly different from like, you know, 2000 years ago, but it's cannabis Greek and that, and it comes from the Greek word, which is even older, uh, very similar pronunciation as well. And this has spurned the Italian canapa or canapa and the Russian canapolia. Okay. And again, I apologize about my pronunciation, but I'm not a linguist, so I'm giving it my best shot, guys. <laughs> Even non-Indo-European languages use related words, such as kinab in Arabic, a Semitic language, kandir in Turkish, and kanabis in Georgian, a Caucasian language. That's nuts. It does sound similar. Yeah, it gives all a these, similar vibe. Right, and it's all, like, I mean, Indo-European or non-Indo-European, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They all sound very similar. Which does tell us how old yes. it, it must be. Yeah, and it just must have, and, and generally. And cross-culturally. Exactly, exposed, right? Yeah. I mean, these are thousands of miles apart. That's nuts. Yeah. The earliest known writing about the medicinal use of cannabis comes from China from around 2000 B.C., I also did see one article sitting 2900 BC, so mm. I don't really, honestly, like when you get that far back in history, it's, things kind of just honestly get a little bit 
cross-contaminated. It's a big difference. It's a huge difference. But it feels kind of like the same. I know, right? It's about the same. But imagine someone being like, oh, you know, the year like 2000 or 1100, you know? know, It's like basically the same. (laughs) More or less the same. It's like, (laughs) no. Not at all. But, um, you know, Chinese farmers around the same time, around 2000 BC, um, began to grow it for oil and to make fiber for rope, clothing, and paper around this time. Oh, okay. Or their version of paper, right? Uh Uh-huh. Um, this was due also to a semi-mythical emperor named Shen Nong, or Divine <gasps> Farmer. And no, I'm not kidding. Divine Farmer? Divine Farmer. That's such a cute name. I know. So it was due to Divine Farmer's reign that they farmed so much cannabis. Yeah, pretty much. That's so cool. <laughs> I know, right? And very multi-purposeful. Very multi-purposeful, indeed. Well, we also know that cannabis was used as a topical for application for inflammation in Egypt as well. Wow, that makes sense. Yes. And I think it's also treated uh, or used to treat for glaucoma. Really? Yeah, I know. It was first mentioned in the Ebers Papyrus written around 1500 BC. Papyrus? Yeah. Mm. It's interesting because we just saw, not last week, mm-hmm. but the week before... Yes, I'm going to mention Outlander again. Oh my god. Remember when, this isn't a big spoiler for anyone that's like not caught up, but Claire um, offers an older woman with, I think, glaucoma, some hemp flower to smoke for the pain. Yes, and a big misnomer, hemp is basically the same thing as cannabis. Yeah. It's just like a lower, I think, THC or something like that. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, which is the psychoactive ingredient. So it's been used for pain and inflammation for a very long time very long time like literally since ancient times which is what like all of those very like bougie you know wellness products are (laughs) now right you get all those lotions and things to help with inflammation and now and it's just just been around for forever they're just knocking off 3500 year old like egyptian bombs that's exactly (laughs) what they're doing exactly what they're doing we've caught on (laughs) when medically cannabis was also mentioned in assyrian clay tablets oh wow you know especially used to combat depression which is i'm kind of shocked that depression was even known or whatever the ancient equivalent was like in the like known world let alone even discussed my mind literally was just blown i know i tried to find more like research into that but it seemed i mean again like a lot of what we know about assyria is Mm -hmm. from fired clay tablets and you know those typically the way you get fired clay tablets is through destruction Mm -hmm. through fires Mm -hmm. so so not a lot but that's fascinating right at the very least that tells us they had some knowledge of mental health of like this idea that our moods are need help right sometimes and then they also found oh this plant helps with your mood yes that's incredible to me i know right because we're just now (laughs) doing that again yeah we're kind of like catching up to ancient times literally and get this it's even possibly mentioned in the odyssey what yeah so written for everyone that doesn't know that's it was written around the 8th or 7th centuries bc um, Zeus's daughter Helen served wine mixed with a drug named Nepenthes oh. that quiets all pain and strife and brings forgetfulness <laughs> of every ill. <laughs> Helen served this mixture to Greek soldiers who had painful reminiscences mm. of their comrades slain during the Trojan War. They had PTSD. Yeah, they had PTSD. And she was treating their PTSD with weed. Yes. Wow. Yeah. 
it's po- this is possible. We're, it's not like guaranteed that this Nepenthes is cannabis or anything, but it's strongly like thought at least. It sounds a lot like it. It does, yeah. yeah. Especially for the forgetfulness part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our earliest mentions of the plant being especially burned mm-hmm. and subsequently inhaling like the fumes mm-hmm. comes from one of my favorite historians of all time. Herodotus. Yes, you love him. I love Herodotus. He detailed how Scythians, after a king's burial, would prepare small chambers that are like hermetically closed with woolen blankets, and then they laid on three posts sloping towards each other. The participants would crawl, you know, under these blankets, mm-hmm. throw hemp seeds onto the red hot stones, and are quote unquote delighted by the fragrant smoke, mm-hmm. and then they would howl with pleasure. So they would hotbox. Yes. Attend. They would essentially they invented hotboxing. They invented hotboxing, and this was for funerals. Yeah, especially like specifically a king's funeral. Wow. Right. That's quite a send off. It is a send off indeed. If I go first, <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh my. Do this at the funeral. Okay. Well, in I guess honor we have of the to. Scythians. Okay, in honor of the Scythians. <laughs> I do like step culture. It is it was quite interesting. That is amazing. They would yeah. just hotbox and then Yeah, I'm sure they'd howl with pleasure. I feel like howl with pleasure means like they got Laughing. they got the giggles. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. They would just be cracking up yes. <laughs> at probably everything. Also, I just love like twenty five hundred year old accounts of this. It's yes. just it's so funny. It's amazing. Yeah. This is actually backed up by archaeologists. Oh, snap. Yes. I know. One of the the artifacts within ancient Sogdian burial sites. Okay. Sogdia is kind of just like near the stands as okay. well. Just, I, I can go into it more, but I'm not going to. Um, well, in, in these Sogdian burial sites, there was a wooden brazier, which was essentially like a piece of wood with a hole in the mm-hmm. middle that would be stuffed with plant you know, the plant, mm-hmm. and hot stones. So kind of like an early vaporizer. What? Yeah. That's insane. I, mean, I just love humanity's ingenuity to get high. It's really funny. I agree. People will <laughs> do anything to get high. Yeah. And this, and like the, the, the ones that have been found at least have been carbon dated to around 500 BC, which lines up with Herodotus's writings. Yeah. He wrote only slightly after that. That's incredible. I know, right? Even the Romans knew about the plants and were connoisseurs in its effect. You know, the Romans knew how to party. They really did. The Romans were very just like, they were awesome. I mean, there's a reason they're my favorite, like, culture. Yeah. They're just Romans. I mean, it's like, is it basic? Yes. But is it wrong? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. They invented work hard, play hard. (laughs) (laughs) That they did. Oh my god, they really did. So, they were really big into plants um, and <laughs> herbs, just in general. And, in fact, they used the sylphium plant to such an extent that it actually went extinct. Oh my god. Yeah, that's a story for another time. I don't want to get into it, but yeah, just know they that. They loved plants. They love plants. Okay. That's the, that's the key takeaway here. Cannabis, however, has been written about at least three times in different Roman encyclopedias that we know of. So this was like in the first and second centuries. Um, wow. Yeah. The the one that's I think most interesting was the last one. The mm-hmm. second century Roman physician Galen wrote that it was customary in Italy to serve small 
cakes containing marijuana for dessert. <laughs> ancient, Basically, ancient Romans and frat boys everywhere <laughs> are serving pot I brownies. Mean, yeah, like I, he's basically saying, "Oh yeah, like we invented like edibles." Edibles. Yeah, they literally like Romans invented edibles. That's incredible. Not your hipster down the street on Venice Boulevard. No. Second century Romans. It's not surprising even a little bit. It's really not. Um, he also <laughs> remarked that the seeds create a feeling of warmth, and if consumed in large amounts, uh, would affect the head by emitting a warm and toxic vapor. Nice. Yeah, so it sounds like a good time. It also sounds like it's a lot less strong than an edible dessert today. I think that is true, yes. Yeah, because obviously now we have all this science to make them super strong and right. all of those things. Because he said in, if consumed... In, in large amounts. In large amounts, you feel it in your head. Right, and I think back in the day, they didn't understand like you know chemical compounds and stuff right. like that, nearly to the extent that we do today. That's really interesting, They were ahead of though. their time, but not you know quite like modern day. Yeah, to say the not least. in every regard. Yeah, you know, suffice to say, it's been around, you know, cannabis has been around in use for many, you know, across... Thousands of years, different cultures. Mm -hmm. So quite a long time. And obviously, the story doesn't really stop here. But um, if I were to give a full account of weed, yes. we would be here for weeks. So, sure. And I just don't want to do that, honestly. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. But you're not going <laughs> to listen to me for weeks on end. And if you wanted to do that, then that would be weird. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> even too weird for us. It's even too weird for us. So I'm going to skip ahead. Um to about 400-ish years ago. Okay. And I'm going to focus mainly on the Americas from here on out just because we're Americans and most of our listeners are from the good old U.S. of A. So mm -hmm. I think that just makes the most amount of sense. So English colonies, or colon ugh, excuse me, English colonists in the Americas had been growing hemp going back to essentially the beginning of English colonization. Okay. So it's been around for a very long time. In fact, the first laws surrounding cannabis in you know what would be the United States um, were was not its prohibition mm -hmm. was actually requiring people to grow it. Requiring oh yeah, colonists to grow, to grow hemp or marijuana specifically. Okay, because its uses were very varied. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, Obviously. Rope, paper, yes, medicine. Like, and again, this has been known for literally thousands of years at this point. This yeah. is not new information. Yeah. And yes, you heard me correctly. It's to actually grow it. It was, like, it was mandated that you had to grow it. In 1619, the Virginia Assembly passed legislation requiring that all farmers grow hemp, regardless of what you grew. Okay. And some states even traded hemp as legal tender. Oh, wow. Yeah, so or I valuable. should say colonies, not states. Mm -hmm. But yeah, colonies at this time. And this is a far cry from like the devil's lettuce mania of like the 30s <laughs> to 50s. <laughs> this continued to be normal practice. And starting in the 1840s, so jumping ahead a little bit again, cannabis became widely accepted in the American medical community and mm -hmm. was pretty much just available anywhere in the form of like over-the-counter products. Mm -hmm. In 1850, marijuana was even added to the U.S. Pharma uh, pharmacopoeia I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Oh, yeah, but like, like the encyclopedia, basically, yeah, encycl for pharmacy. Right, exactly. Okay. And was used, and was specifically listed as a treatment for opioid withdrawal, <gasps> pain, appetite stimulation, and relief of nausea and vomiting. Yes. So, like, literally the same that it would be, like, today. Yes, that's why, oh, my God, an opioid withdrawal, because yeah. opioid withdrawal is 
intense, you guys. Yeah. Uh, it's really painful. So that makes sense. It would help ease ease the suffering of that. Yeah. And opioids were obviously used a little too willy-nilly then and now. <laughs> yeah. Some things really don't change. Yeah, that's amazing. So starting in the 1900s is where our like older notion of marijuana really starts coming to play. And what I mean by older is like, you know, from like the 90s and stuff. Yeah, so like... The modern. Yeah, like the, I guess modern is now acceptance again, but like right before like yeah. today's like knowledge of it. So in 1906, the FDA or the Food and Drug Act required that any product containing cannabis be labeled appropriately, right? Mm-hmm. On the surface, that's not a bad thing. In fact, it's probably a good thing, right? Transparency in medicine is generally considered pretty good. Yeah, people should know what they're consuming. Exactly. Mm-hmm. However, like this had some unintended consequences. So the first being like, and to give you a little bit of backstory, in the first three decades of the 20th century in the United States, saw large waves of Mexican immigrants, Mm -hmm. many of whom would use uh, marijuana recreationally. Yeah. Um, Because it became associated with Mexican immigrants specifically, Mm -hmm. people began to fear cannabis with anti-drug campaigners referring it to as quote unquote, the the Mexican menace. Wow, that is messed up yeah maybe i should call you the mexican <laughs> that's my new nickname <laughs> that's your new nickname my luchadora nickname <laughs> yeah that is also not surprising and yet right. still very disappointing to hear exactly and it's funny because as you were discussing the americas i was thinking i'm sure in mexico they were using this for medicinal and recreational purposes Absolutely. as well this, yeah and that's so nice that you know prejudice <laughs> strikes know. again they're and, like hey and so one of the effects of this is like the first mm-hmm. wave of like anti-marijuana, anti-drug, um, I guess, sentiment, I suppose mm-hmm. is the best way to put it. Propaganda. Propaganda. There we go. <laughs> Between 1914 and 1925, 26 states passed laws prohibiting marijuana. And it's because of its association with immigrants, with people of color, with foreigners. Yep. Lovely. Exactly. (laughs) So, in fact, by 1936, every single state had at least some restrictive laws against cannabis. Every single one. That's so interesting that it just dominoed that quickly. So quickly, yeah. In the matter of, like, I mean, literally, like, less than 40 years. After thousands of years of use. Yeah, but it's like, oh, no, these Mexicans. Mm Mm-hmm. It's terrible. But it would also... But didn't help. In that year, the movie Reefer Madness was released. <laughs> Shut which, up. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, it's hilarious <laughs> to modern day audiences. But would have been like terrifying to audiences in 1936. The movie implied that the drug could lead to violence, rape, suicide, and psychosis. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen parts of it? So I've seen parts of it. It's hilarious. Reefer Madness. It's part of the public domain, if I if I recall correctly. So okay. you can just watch it. That's also a really good band name. Reefer Madness. I'm sure someone's... Done it? Yeah. Darn it. I know. I really, that would be really cool. I would totally start a punk rock band just so I could name it Reefer Madness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. And, well... Yeah, going on with the story. Not nothing fun here. It, it's just kind of like it's just a little depressing from like here on for like a, quite a while. But I starting bet. in the 1930s, the media began publishing quote unquote reports that marijuana was linked to increases in crime and violence, mm-hmm. which to us in the present day is ludicrous, mm-hmm. absolutely ludicrous. 
And it was also around this time that Harry Anslinger, commissioner of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, began to campaign to criminalize marijuana, claiming that it led to insanity. And you kind of said this, but I want to reiterate this. All of this was honestly just very thinly veiled racism. Right. Or prejudice. They're saying it's this group of people or groups of people, you know, that use it. And we associate those humans with crime, with insanity, with low morals and therefore we're demonizing this plant exactly to further demonize these human beings pretty much yeah that's i think that's a good summary yeah i I agree with you that it's very thinly veiled that's nuts that it like that this narrative really um took on and like yeah like in such a very short amount of time especially in the grand scheme of like how long it's been around you'd think people would be like what that's so dumb yeah but no I know. How sad. Okay, tell us more sad things. More sad things. Mm -hmm. In the 1940s, marijuana was removed from the (laughs) pharmacopoeia, and doctors began to discredit the drug for not having any medical uses. The same doctors who were probably taught that it did. Yeah, exactly. That's nuts. But not all doctors were on board with this. In 1944, the New York Academy of Medicine published a report stating that marijuana was only a mild intoxicant. Right. Our friend, Harry Anslinger, and I I don't mean he's actually my friend, in case you guys didn't pick up on (laughs) that. It's a sarcastic friend. Sarcastic friend responded to this report with a solicited article in the American Journal of Psychiatry that attempted to attack and discredit the information the New York Academy of Medicine had previously published. Obviously, I think he probably, in the short term, at least won, it sounds Mm -hmm, like. mm -hmm. Especially how of things how we know Mm -hmm. or what's going to transpire. However, in the procession of how the drug was viewed culturally, this was honestly just a blip, mm-hmm. right? In 1952, the Boggs Act was passed, creating strict mandatory punishments for offenses involving marijuana. Mm. Then, of course, you know, the 60s happened and it gained popularity amongst, you know, the hippies, beatniks, anti-war pre- or protesters, excuse me, and just generally free-spirited folks. Mm-hmm. According to a variety of sources, they generally believe that the drug produced a harmless high, which, you know... To, oh my god, especially then. Yeah. It's probably such weak stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, to you know, today we know that that's pretty much true. You know, President JFK and Vice President Lyndon Johnson commissioned reports that found that marijuana did not induce violence <laughs> or lead to the use of other more dangerous drugs, essentially backing up these beliefs I held by the that. hippies. Yeah. I didn't know that about JFK. Yeah, so and you know, I know he was assassinated, I think what, in sixty three, if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. So like this was the early sixties that they these com- these reports found like, no, this is what we know today. Like it does not lead to harder drug use and it is generally pretty safe. Right, it doesn't produce violence, if anything, make you really sedentary. Yeah, it's like the opposite of violence. (laughs) If anything, it just, the only, I think, like, one of the bad things is, like, it makes you, like, it's not, I mean, it's not like it, being nonviolent is a bad thing, but it makes you, like, so just, like, not productive. Yeah, you're a couch potato. Yeah, exactly, you're a couch potato. That threatens no one. Yeah, that's, like, the worst thing about it. It's a threat to your own productivity. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But we've all heard of people who, like, use it or we have all heard we live in california so we've definitely heard <laughs> yeah. of people who use it to be productive or to go work out right i don't know how that works i don't know how that works but yes I, my some of my friends do that and yeah. i'm like ah that's crazy to me mm-hmm. but you know good for them <laughs> yeah. 
1970 rolled along, and well, this is where it takes a really bad turn. Aye so aye. Congress passes the Controlled Substances Act that replaces or that places cannabis as a Schedule One drug alongside heroin and LSD. Mm. This had, of course, disastrous heroin. consequences. Yeah, heroin. My friends, my weirdos. Heroin is much more intense than marijuana. <laughs> In case you guys didn't know. In case you didn't know. It's very, very addictive. Very hard to um, be in remission from that addiction. It is not like like eating a pot brownie or something. <laughs> yes, seriously. They are not even on the same planet. Like no. That is insane to hear. Yeah, so this was obviously not backed up by science, and you'll see that in a second. But according to the act, marijuana had no medicinal value and it had a high potential for abuse, giving it harsher criminal penalties. This law also made it difficult for doctors and scientists to study marijuana and its many uses. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, again, in no way in my mind that this rationale wasn't like at least racially motivated. Absolutely. Like it's, again, there's very little evidence. There's no evidence essentially that this is true. I mean, and in fact, actually, interestingly, almost immediately, Oregon, Maine, and Alaska decriminalized the drug. And in 1972, the Schaefer Committee recommended that personal use of marijuana be decriminalized, but President Richard Nixon ignored that recommendation. Oh, my God. He was so freaking annoying. (laughs) Yeah. For so many reasons. For so many reasons. (laughs) But yeah, that was one of them. (laughs) <laughs> and the anti-cannabis movement just really only gained ground in the 80s to the early to mid-90s. Uh, Nancy Reagan's Just Say No campaign started in 1982. Oh, you just rolled your eyes. I have quite a few words for Miss Nancy Reagan. <laughs> quite a few words that are not um, podcast professional yeah, words. We'll, we'll just move on. <laughs> D.A.R.E. followed suit in the next year, 1983. <laughs> Where, yeah, I know. No. If you're a millennial, you know about you D.A.R.E. You remember D.A.R.E. Um, where police, and if you don't, well, you know, this is where police officers would come to schools <laughs> to speak about the dangers of drugs, and in particular, marijuana, mm-hmm. which is ironic, given that that's probably the, the most chill drug. Yeah. Obviously, like, if you're a teenager, it can, like, hinder your brain development, so of course it's bad, and you yeah. should not do it, but, like, you know, For- there are worse ones out there. I mean, a lot have argued, and this is just through my experience, like working in mental health and and working in a hospital setting, there's mm-hmm. definitely research coming out of, about how much more beneficial and less harmful marijuana is than alcohol. Oh, yeah. And alcohol is legal, you know. And right, yeah. There, it wasn't, um, I mean, for a little while, I guess it was morally looked down upon, but... right. Very, very interesting to me. Yeah. How how differently these drugs have been treated. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I mean, Stephanie's not saying that also that you should you should drink. I mean, I drank when I was like in my teenage years, but mm-hmm. I you definitely... what? I know. Shh. Before I was 21. We are never, ever, ever endorsing that any minors do anything. Yes. We're not talking to you, minors. Yeah, we're minors, like, no. <laughs> this is for people who are like 22 plus. Yes. For you, do what feels good for you. Yeah. And minors, yeah, like, study, Yeah. don't drink, don't do drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Or you'll die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess you'll be, need to be prepared to die. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good summary of dare. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Don't do these things or you'll die. <laughs> well, speaking of dare, funding would eventually be cut because 
unsurprisingly, this program did nothing to curb substance use. (laughs) (laughs) So... In 1986, President Ronald Reagan signed the Anti-Drug Abuse Act, which gave even stricter penalties on cannabis possession and even instituted minimum sentencing. Don't even get me started on Ronald Reagan. Yeah, that's, I know, that was, it's, that's a, ugh. That's a slippery slope for me. Yeah, that's, I know. Man, I, that's just disappointing. It's so disappointing. Why stricter? I know. Get out of here, dude. Well, it's funny, too, because even despite... You know, the new war on drugs started by G.H.W. Bush. Uh-huh. Uh, the public perception on cam- cannabis would eventually turn. Um, in 1996, this is when we start going kind of back into, like, how, I guess, we view it today. Mm-hmm. California voters mm-hmm. approved Proposition 215, or 215, which legalized cannabis use for medical purposes at the state level, being the first state to do so. Good job, California. Good job, California. Oh my God, all the people that that must have helped. Right. People with chronic illness, people undergoing cancer treatment. Exactly. My goodness. I know. And then many states over the next 25 years would follow suit. Excuse me. And in 2014, Colorado became Mm -hmm. the first state to fully legalize cannabis. Yeah. I remember that. I do too. And since this might be a little bit confusing for non-Americans, and to be honest, a lot of Americans as well, <laughs> marijuana is still illegal at the federal level and is still a Schedule One drug, the worst designation possible. And there are still people who are incarcerated yes. for uh, marijuana-related crimes. Right. In states where it is fully legal, like California, Colorado, etc. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know this is confusing, and honestly... It doesn't make sense, but when have you ever known the federal government to be logical? Yeah. So, there we go. So, it's right now, for anyone who, like, isn't here in the U.S., it's like a state-by-state thing. So exactly. So, you might be, our state, it's legal, California, but other states, it may not be. And then, like Andrew said, in the technically in the country, it's not legal. Yeah, like, overall, and, like, in, if you go to federal buildings, it's yeah. illegal, even if you're in, like, California, let's just yes, say. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's, and it's, like... It's a, it's kind of a wide range, right? You have everything from it's fully legal in that state to California where it's fully legal. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like, you know, there are states where it's only le- like legal, like with certain percentages of THC. And yes, then like right. certain other states, it's like it's only medically legal. It's very confusing. It is very, very confusing. It really depends on where you're at, what the criteria are. Yeah. And it's super different. And most of the time, it's honestly pretty stupid. Right. Pretty random. Yes, that's exactly. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> how it is. And of course, like, it's our stupidity and randomness <laughs> has kind of permeated to the entire world, which is unfortunate. And yeah. I'm, yeah. So unfortunate. It's so contagious. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I will also point out, like, kind of a quick aside. I know in the starting in the 14th century, a lot of Islamic traditions started to ban you know, cannabis. Okay. But for uh, like religious reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Like, because alcohol was already banned. So it's like, well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I disagree with it. Don't get me wrong, but it it makes sense at least. It's consistent because the point is to not alter your perception of of this life. And I completely understand that. And it's consistent versus here, as we see, it's Mm -hmm. very inconsistent and not backed by logic. (laughs) At all. (laughs) At all. They they don't even try, honestly. (laughs) And we'll, okay, there you have it, folks. That's pretty much a brief ish synopsis of the story of <laughs> cannabis marijuana hemp mary jane etc etc and i hope that you notice that in the western world at least 
cannabis has really only been criminalized in the past hundred-ish years or so, despite being used by humanity since, like, literally prehistory. So. Damn. Yeah. That's there a you good go. summary right there. I hope you guys caught that. Mm-hmm. So, as for my sources, we have the National Library of Medicine, specifically a um, an article labeled the history of cannabis and the endocannabinoid system oh my god i butcher that word um recovery.org science.org and wikipedia there you go yeah that was awesome babe that was really good information thank you i learned a lot i got real angry at the end (laughs) i had to hide my rage um, but it was really, really good. Thank you. Thank you very much. And obviously, like, all of the things that we talked about that are still very backwards and very biased, I mm-hmm. hope, continue to change for the better. Um, and again, this is... Ne- well, we are never going to, like, be like, you should be doing this drug or whatever. Right. But it's just a really interesting history. Yes. The re- and you're right, like, a very controversial topic as of late. Yes, like as of late, like... At least in the, again, like in the Western world, like this has only come up in the last hundred years. Like before that, for 10,000 years not plus. Not controversial. It's not controversial at all. That is insane. That yes. was really good. Yeah. Thank you. Well, guys, that's it. Um, if you guys want to reach us, you can always email us at historyforweirdos at gmail.com or on our Instagram at historyforweirdos. And all of that information is always in our show notes as well. Exactly. And please, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to us Mm -hmm. i know most of our listeners are spotify listeners so you can absolutely uh, subscribe to us and you know and also rate and share with your friends because that really helps the podcast grow yes we love it we appreciate it so much like you all have helped us grow quite a bit so much so much and we are just so honored and we hope to keep producing content that you all love so also you know just let us know what more you'd like to hear Absolutely. Until next time, weirdos. Thanks, weirdos. Adios.